In the first volume of his complete works, Puritan author John Bunyan comments about the upside-down attention we give to the care of our souls. He writes, The body is called the house of the soul. Now the house is much inferior to him that dwells in it, and yet, alas, with grief, how common it is for men to spend all their time, care, strength, and attention for the honor and preferment of the body, as if the soul were a poor, pitiful, and sorry thing, not worthy of thinking about or caring for. So, is this voice from the past speaking about you? Welcome to Hope Renewed, the podcast of PIR Ministries. Thanks for joining me for Hope Renewed. I'm Tom Jameson, and this is the in-depth podcast about pastoral renewal and restoration. It's where we explore the issues and situations that can put pastors at risk and share hope when ministry leaves us hopeless. This episode of Hope Renewed is part two of a conversation focusing on caring for the pastor's soul. I'm speaking with Sean Nemechek, who writes in resources for pastors and the care of their souls on his website, The Pastor's Soul. You can access him at pastorsoul.com. Sean and I are discussing themes from his article, Searching for Shalom, the Importance of Sabbath Rest. Moving from a view of Sabbath as worship, we're delving into the practical realities of Sabbath-keeping, especially how to deal with attitudes and challenges that work against the pursuit of Sabbath rest in the life of a pastor. So is it fair to say that that our view of Sabbath um, should really be a view of worship, that this is my opportunity to come apart from... uh, the everydayness of my life in in such a way that that I can focus on God, um, not just as a mental exercise or uh, you know, well if I can focus on God, I'll get my sermon for next week kind of thing, but as an act of worship, uh, an act of presenting yourself fully before the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. But I think we have to be careful because as pastors, we tend to turn worship into work. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we turn our, our devotional times into sermon fodder and, mm-hmm. and, you know, listening to worship songs is, Hey, what can I find something new for the worship service? It, it's not about that. Uh, in fact, uh, there's a spiritual discipline that's sometimes called the discipline of secrecy, um, that, that I recommend practicing on the Sabbath, which means if God gives me new insights, uh, on the Sabbath, whether it's through my times of prayer or reading, or maybe I'm out in nature just worshiping Him and through His creation, um, hanging out with friends. If, if there's something new that God teaches me, I'm going to keep that to myself for a while, hmm. um, just so that I'm not tempted to turn this into a way to be productive and find more sermon illustrations and material. It might be that I use this down the road, but I'm going to let it sit, let it rest in my soul for a while and just be between me and God. Um, and, and that, that's a great way to keep the Sabbath worshipful and not turn it into work. And I would think as pastors, that's an incredibly difficult discipline yeah. <laughs> to keep it to yourself. Um, yeah. and yet there's that sense where as I, 
experience God's presence and his healing and his wholeness in my life, I'm going to be at a much better place to share this insight after it's kind of ruminated in me for a while. Yes. Uh, uh, rather than being too quick to, to, to let it go, because I've, I've found that once you let it go, it's gone. It's like, this isn't mine anymore. It, and it's, it's out there and it ceases to maybe have that deep impact on my, my own life. Well, the longer you let it uh, um, kind of ruminate in the soul and, and sit there, the more creative you'll be out of that. As soon as you let it go, the creativity ends. Mm. Um, and so, um, the way that you might tell the, the story of your walk in the woods or, um, what God has taught you through this parable or that parable, um, it, it will develop and mature over time. Uh, and it will just lead to better sermons, uh, in the end, mm. but that's not the goal. Uh, mm-hmm. the goal here is, is better relationship with God. And as, as we develop the, that relationship with God, we deepen our, our walk with the Lord, that will deepen everything else that we do. Our times in counseling uh, couples, our uh, leading of small groups, our sermon time, worship, everything that we do as pastors is aided by a deeper walk with the Lord. So it'll be flowing out of a sense of wholeness, not out of my own abilities. Right. Well, I think that's what Jesus meant when he invited us to take uh, his yoke upon us and learn from him. He wasn't adding one more thing to us. He was actually saying, uh, just learn from me and learn how ministry flows out of the heart, out of who I am in my relationship with the Father, and learn how to be that type of person, the the, the type of person that, that does ministry naturally because it's who you are rather than you know running around trying to figure out a way to do it just from our natural talents yeah so getting down to the practicalities of this you've already mentioned this making sure you take a complete day off uh, 24 hours of consecutive rest uh, in in god which uh, for many that's just kind of the biggest challenge of how do i block off 20 you know um, uh, ministry crises don't happen at convenient times. <laughs> and, um, uh, so that, that's, that's a challenge. What are some other practical things that, that uh, you would suggest to, to finding um, a, a good pattern for Sabbath in, in a person's life? Well, first of all, I would say a good Sabbath practice requires some planning. Um, some event, you can't just wing it. You can't just go into it and say, I'm going to take 24 hours off because then you just end up being bored, uh, (laughs) during the 24 hours. And it's like the, the Sundays when I was a kid, uh, my parents used to say, well, this is the Sabbath day. And we, we basically don't do anything fun on the Sabbath. They didn't say it that way, but that's the way it felt, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it was a day just to sit and do nothing and be completely bored all day. It was the worst day of the Something week. Something to endure rather than to enjoy. Right. So you have to think about uh, what will feed your soul on the Sabbath and how can you plan that. So it might be advanced planning for what you're going to eat. I, I always encourage people to eat 
good food on the Sabbath. Doesn't mean you have to make a big deal of it, but something you're going to to enjoy. Uh, if you can afford um, to go out to to a meal, do that. Uh, make it a time to be with friends. But to me, the 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 main keys um, uh, for the Sabbath uh, are are really to stop. Like I said, stop working for 24 hours. It's best if you can start that at sundown. There's just something about starting your, your day with a nice, or starting your, your Sabbath with a nice uh, meal with friends, maybe, and going into the evening quiet and restful. Um, sleep in in the morning if that's what feeds you. If you're a morning person, get up and watch the, the sunrise. Uh, but make sure you, you've got a plan. When is it going to start? When is it going to end? Um, the second is do something that will help you notice God's presence. Um, that is, to me, the key of of the Sabbath. It's a 24-hour period for being with God and recognizing that we are in His presence. So sometimes for me that means getting out into nature. Uh, sometimes it, it means uh, doing some spiritual disciplines that um, that helped me to notice God's presence, like uh, silence and solitude or uh, um, an examine uh, can be really good where you, you just look over the last 24 hours of the last week and you just say, where did I notice God's presence? Where did I miss his presence? And then I'm going into this, this 24-hour period more intentional about noticing uh, that God is here and I'm in, in his presence. Um, the other thing that I think we need to do is, is just spend some time confessing. Uh, we confess sin. We can, can just confess uh, emptiness, you know, the, the fact that we're tired. Um, uh, taking a nap can be a, a good thing to do. and uh, You'd be surprised how quickly your body will, will just shut down, and, and you'll find most of us are living in, in constant sleep deprivation. And, and taking a nap once a week can be a great way to, to realize, hey, I've been emptying myself of all this stuff. Um, figuring out something special to, to just be in worship, um, whether it's listening to music or uh, an extended time in the Word, uh, getting out in nature, whatever it is for you that, that really is meaningful worship. Uh, for me, I like to focus on the, a sense of awe. Um, I want to do something in my Sabbath rest that will just make me say, wow, at God. Um, and quite often that's just going out for a walk uh, or um, maybe reflecting on God's faithfulness over the past year or things like that. Um, they, they just cause me to, uh, to just be in awe. I always try to take extended time in prayer, um, especially uh, just in silence before the Lord. Um, I find when I'm silent before him, the, the things that are rattling around in my head and in my soul get a chance to settle out a little bit. And I just bring those things before the Lord. And sometimes it's, it's things I have to confess. Sometimes it's things that I'm worried about. Um, and I, I just lay those both before God, and it, there's a certain freedom in that. Um, so developing some elements where we, we spend time with God in worship, in relationship, in prayer, and study uh, can be really good. And, and I hear what you're saying in this is just a real intentionality 
Right. Uh, both in preparation and, if you will, execution of, yeah. of the, the living it out, um, kind of the plan your work, work your plan. Um, but to also be open to how God might show up on your Sabbath. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And sensitive to that. Absolutely. Uh, I think uh, listening to to the Holy Spirit move uh, on that day is is a powerful thing. Um, part of the planning at end of things helps us to anticipate the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. If if I know I'm gonna uh, on my Sabbath day, I'm going to eat food that I enjoy. I'm going to uh, practice spiritual disciplines that that really nourish my soul. I'm going to spend some extra time with God. I might uh, plan in some play and some rest uh, or getting together with friends who, who really feed my soul, not the, those who drain me, but th- those who, who just I love being with um, and uh, aren't looking for something out of me on that day. Uh, when, when you put all those elements together, um, it, it becomes kind of the most exciting day of the week. Um, you really look forward to this and you go into your Sabbath with already a sense of joy and anticipation. It doesn't mean it always works out though. I was going to ask there, you know, inevitably are distractions, right. uh, whether they're external distractions or internal distractions. Um, so what do you do? Do you, I mean, if, if your Sabbath is interrupted for an hour with something, uh, the child, you know, needs a ride home or something. Do you, do you make that time up? Is it, do you keep track of it? Yes and no. I mean, sometimes uh, there's, there's ministry interruptions that happen. Uh, a death in the church would be one of those. You, you can't say, I'll, I'll get back with you in 24 hours. Yeah. It's kind of cruel to do. So you might, what I used to do is, uh, is, when I had a funeral that fell over my Sabbath, I would take an extra day the next week. And I, I told my boss really upfront with my board about the need to do that. Because quite often uh, when, when someone passes away, the extra work of a funeral means you're working 60, 70, 80 hours that week. Um, and so, um, yeah, you, taking an extra day off the next week can be a good Good way to well, and it's it's not just the the time toll; it's it's a toll on your person. I mean, there there's still the need to process that grief. Yes. Um, and and to to do your own work of uh, what that that um, ministry means, because that's not, you know, it's not regular. Pat, well, some pastors it is once a week, but um, it it, it requires something deeper, uh, extra from you that needs to be attended to yes. or else it can put you into uh, a crisis situation if it's left unattended long enough. Well, in, in taking a regular Sabbath uh, helps you to have space to do those things, to mm-hmm. grieve, to uh, um, recognize the, the emotional impact of a counseling session that maybe you had that week or uh, a hard board meeting uh, and just bring those things before the Lord and give you space to process those things. So many pastors are running around thinking, I'll just, I'll just deal with that later on. And they keep pushing off all this emotional baggage again and again until they just implode. Mm. Uh, so Sabbath gives us a chance to, to sometimes lament and deal with some of those hard things uh, in ministry. Wow. Uh, 
but you know again there are interruptions there's family interruptions uh i have a teenager right now uh who uh, needs rides to work now and then <laughs> and i can't control his work schedule so yeah um i may have to do that but the joy of being with him in the car can be part of my sabbath i was going to say you can recast those distractions and embrace them as part of the the sabbath work some of them i mean some like a funeral or, or something like right. that, take you away from being able to have that attention. But right. others you can, you know, look at differently, like you're saying. Right. There, there are just some phases of life where we're going to have more interruptions. I think of uh, uh, a young mother, for example, uh, babies do not let you rest <laughs> mm. very often. And so um, when I was a, a young father my son was just a few months old he was colicky and so uh my, i'd get home from work and my wife would be like here you need to take this kid because he's been screaming all day and have finding a sabbath in that rhythm was really hard um and sometimes you just have to recognize this is the best i can do right now other times you, you can break it up into two um chunks of time if you have to uh, it's it's just not as satisfying. It, it, it doesn't uh, have the same impact, but it's better than not doing anything. And, and it sounds like it's, it's having a different mindset. Um, a Sabbath is, is not a day off. Yes. And a day off is not a Sabbath. Uh, I, you know, I think back to, to when I was in pastoral ministry, uh, a, a day off to me meant a day off from my work at church so I could do work at home or I could attend to something or, or, you know, or go on vacation or something like that. Whereas Sabbath rightly can be viewed as part of the work of ministry to which we're called. And this is just uh, a day uh, away from the uh, uh, scheduling demands that ministry might have to engage in the ministry of God to me as a shepherd. And I think that's hard both for pastors and for congregations to, to have that uh, different perspective uh, that Sabbath doesn't mean a day off. Right. Uh, Sabbath is work, quote unquote. Um, it's soul work. It's, it's necessary work uh, in the life of the pastor for the good of the church. Right. Uh, and um, it's, it's work that needs to be honored. So for a congregation, boy, I'm going to get my, my own perspective in here, that a congregation has to honor the pastor's Sabbath yes. by, by saying, I'm not going to demand to see you or demand to, you know, I'll be patient with you, recognizing this is a day that it's not the pastor's day off, it's the pastor Sabbathing, the pastor's working today. And it's not just a weekly thing. If you look in the Old Testament, there was weekly Sabbath, but then there was also additional Sabbaths connected to the very festivals, various festivals. Um, there were also uh, Sabbath years where once every seven years they were told to let the land rest. Imagine what that would be like in an agricultural society. Mm. The reality is that those various Sabbath rests can be realized in ministry in various ways. So one of the things I, I tell churches is, is you should have space for your pastor to be in relationship with God because you need that for you. Um, you need that for the good of your congregation. 
so regular prayer times each day. I tell them, expect your pastor to spend the first half hour to an hour of his day in prayer. And maybe again after lunch, um, make that a regular rhythm that, that you check on, you expect from him. Uh, give him that one day a week for Sabbath rest. And then I say, give him another day a month for uh, just being away to pray, uh, to be with God. And then quarterly or semi-annually, uh, give him uh, time for prayer retreats, whether it's a 24-hour period or maybe a whole week just to get away uh, and pray. Um, you can combine those sometimes with, with like a study retreat and give him two weeks off. Um, and it's not off from work because he's still doing the work. It's off from the relational demands and pressures of ministry to focus on relationship with God and to listen to God um, and what God is saying for the leadership of the church. Um, that to me is, is one of the biggest keys that's missing uh, in ministry today is, is the time to be with God. And it's the first thing to go when a pastor feels pressured. Making time and space for soul-renewing Sabbath can be tremendously challenging for a pastor. That's why we offer a wide variety of resources to help those in ministry leadership build life-giving disciplines. Visit our webpage at pirministries.org and click on the Ministries or Resources tab to find helpful, hope-giving tools and connections. Whether you are in a season of strength and health or particularly if you are recognizing signs that your soul needs attention, we pray that your hope in Christ will be continually renewed as you seek and serve Him. You can learn more about PIR Ministries at our webpage, pirministries.org. Please know we stand ready to serve you and pastors you know facing the uncertainty and pain of forced vocational transition. Thanks for listening to Hope Renewed, and remember, the hope of Christ does not put us to shame. Thank you.